Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. On a message entitled, What Do You See? What do you see? Amen. You know, there's a story, amen, of a pastor. And he was asked if his church would put up a, a, a manger scene in the, in the storefront window at a mall. And so he agreed to that, amen. And so he went to the mall that day, amen, when there was the first day was opened up with, with, uh, with his church setting up this nativity scene, amen. And he went to go check it out and see how it came out. And, and so as he seen it, he was so proud of it. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to sit on the bench, amen. I'm just going to reflect on what our church just did and see the, the reactions of people. And the pastor was amazed that hardly no one even noticed it, as though it wasn't even there. So this nativity scene here that you see, this is what was there at that mall, and, and people were just zooming by and caught up in the busyness of Christmas, complaining about Christmas. Others wanting Christmas to be over. One guy sat next to him on the bench just to take a breather as his wife yelled at him, Come on! we got to do some more shopping. So the guy got up, guy got up shaking his head, and, and he softly said as he passed by the pastor, I hate Christmas. You see, we really don't stop and look in the window. We really don't stop and look at the baby in the manger today and what it truly means to you and I. Today, I want us to stop, and I want us to take a good look at the baby in the manger. Come on, take a good look at the baby today. See, right now, you can just take a look and think it's just a doll, and it's just a prop, it's just a little setup, but I really want you to take a good look at the baby in the manger. Or maybe in the nativity scene that you see there, that the day when Christ was born, take a good look at the baby that's in the manger. See, today I want you to take a good look. Tell your neighbor, take a good look. And the question I have for you as you take a look, come on, take a look. Don't look at me right now. Take a look and answer this question, what do you see? What do you see? When the baby was born, he was given the name Jesus. In Luke chapter 131, it says that you will conceive, and he's speaking to Mary, you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. In Matthew chapter 121, it says, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus comes from the Greek word, Jeshua, English word is Joshua, the Hebrew word is Yahweh, which means salvation. Actually, Jesus has several more names, and so if you really truly want to understand what all that Jesus wants to do in your life, study and understand the names. The names that he received 700 years before he was born. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And I want to focus on two names today from this scripture. I want to focus on Mighty God and Eternal Father. And also I want to focus on a couple of things that Jesus brings to you and I during Christmas, which is hope. Somebody say hope. Somebody say love. Hope 
in love. So we want to focus on these two names, amen, of mighty God, eternal Father, and what he brings of hope and love. Amen? Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Somebody say, give it to me. <laughs> All right, here it comes. Let's look at mighty God this morning. How many know that God is a mighty God? Come on, he is mighty in battle. He is mighty. He is strong. He, he's not weak, amen. He is a strong warrior. So when you look in that manger, when you read the story of the, of the child that was born into you and I, the son that was given to us, the question is, what do you see? What do you see? I mean, do you just see a baby? I mean, what do you see? You know, when I look into this manger, you know what I see? When I look into this child, when I look into this scene, when I hear the story of Jesus Christ, when I, when I look upon the child, you know what I see? I see power. I see power in that picture there. You see, the word mighty means strength in battle. It means prevailing over the toughest situations. Church, that's the kind of power that God wants to give you and I for Christmas. But if we're honest today, guys, when we think of power, we don't think about a baby, right? We don't think power when it comes to baby. Maybe baby powder, but not baby power, right? Come on, somebody. See, when you look at a baby and you look at this baby right here, and we got a few cute babies in the, in the house, amen, huh, right? Come on, we look at these babies that we had in the house here at PCLV, and you look at them and we think, man, that baby's cute, right? Come on, cuddly, chunky, want to bite them. <laughs> That's what we do, amen, when we see babies, amen. But when we look at a baby and we look at a child, come on, none of us cross our minds and say, power. Come on, are we honest? Can, does that cross your mind? Power. No, we think cute. We think cuddly. We think, we, we think other things, not power. See, when I picture and think about power, I, I picture military force. I, I, I picture a mechanical or electrical power. That, that's some power there. When you see lightning, you see things coming down. See, when I think of power, I think about Bo Jackson. Of the Raiders, hallelujah. Come on, I think about him breaking through the defensive line, amen. Let me show you this movie, little clip of Bo Jackson. If you can put the sound on that. Breaking through the defensive line, amen. Let me show you this movie, little after effects, hallelujah. Come on, we got special effects today. That's what I think about power right there. Hallelujah. I mean, we need some power now. Hallelujah for the Raiders. Man, if you remember that scene, this is Bo Jackson and Boz, amen. And, and Boz says, I'm going I'm to stop Bo, amen. He was a, one of the highest-ranked defensive linebackers. And Bo said, you ain't going to get me. And Bo ran him over and took him into the end zone. When I think about power, I think about things like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can think as power, amen, things that are powerful, that move things, power to, to make a difference. But when it comes to power, come on, let's be honest this morning, we or none of us here think about a baby. But the greatest power that ever came into the world was lying in that manger. New strength was born into the world at Christmas. Listen, you strength to win the toughest battles that you'll ever face. With Jesus, somebody say Jesus. With Jesus, you have the power to break through those things, listen, that come against you. With Jesus, you have the power to overcome anything you face, any type of line, any type of defense, amen, that, that tries to stand against you and your promises, stand against you and your, and your destiny, amen. With Jesus, come on, somebody, you can break through the line and get to the promises of God and walk into your destiny. 
Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. See, without Jesus, amen, we get timid of the lion. We get timid of, of the giants that we face, amen, and the, the, the devil that's lying to us. But with Jesus, uh, we can look at that lion and say, you're not going to stop me uh, from crossing the line uh, because our destiny's heaven, church. And the enemy's trying to stop you from getting in. And so we got to be just like Bo Jackson and say, you know what? You're not going to stop me, devil. Amen. And you're going to have to bust through that line. And knowing that Jesus is ahead of you, come on with those blocking those defenders. You can get in. Can somebody say amen? I wish we had some of that power last night. Amen. When we lost. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't want to talk about that right now. Oh, I'll buy, yeah, they won a list, but they won't go anywhere, hallelujah. <laughs> they always seem to choke, amen. They look good, and at the end, they die. <laughs> but, but, but we don't even get there, so amen, they're better than us right now. In 1 John, 1 John 4, 4, it says this, but you say I. You belong to God, dear, dear, my dear children. You have already won the victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you, listen, is greater than the spirit that lives in this world. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say about these such wonderful things as these, that if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Come on, somebody. Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we say, I, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Come on, let me tell you, with Jesus on your line, with Jesus leading the blocks, amen, you can get to where you're going to, church. Come on, you can be who you need to be in Jesus. Come on, church. You can be the overcomer. You can break every struggle. You can break every chain with Jesus leading you. Can somebody say amen? That's the power that I'm talking about. That's the power that this child and this day that we celebrate brought him. And we look into the, to the manger and we just see a, a baby. But if you just see a baby, you're not going to see anything else. But when you look into the manger, you got to see power church there's power in that child you know we're worshiping god this morning and i'm at the altar and, I, and i'm looking at this baby and i know this baby has no power here this baby has nothing here hallelujah don't even talk <laughs> but when i started worshiping and thinking about the picture and the manger and what i was going to minister to i i started to look at this child and i started to look at the day when jesus was born that there was power in that manger and it, 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 it hit me, and I was like, man, our Savior was born. He came, not to be a cute baby, but he came as a king, as a Savior, and he came with power to help you and I. And I look at that, that baby, and I was like, man, God, there, there's, there, we got to look at something different on Christmas and just a baby and gifts and everything else, but a gift that was given to you and I. A child that came with power. So here's the question. What's the toughest battles that you're facing right now? Is it relational battles? Is it a situation that's not turning the way that you want? Is it a temptation that keeps getting the best of you? Come on, somebody say hello. Come on, is it, is it you want to say no, but you continue to say yes? What are you battling? Is it over hurts of the past or things that happened in 2022? What is the greatest battle, church, that you are facing right now? Well, right there, lying in the manger, church, right there, a child was born unto us. A son was given to us that has power. And God says, I want to make my power available to you. See, the manger is not some emotional story that we talk about during Christmas. It's not about prompts that we set up in our churches. It's about God's power for our lives, church. Ephesians chapter 3.20 says, With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything that we can ask or anything that we can imagine. 
That's the kind of power that he wants to give you, the much, much more power. Come on, sometimes we, we look at things and we say, man, there's no way I can do this. Or, man, I need more power. I wish I was more stronger. I wish I had more strength to do what she does or he does. Or I have power to overcome this. You have the power. It's lying in the manger. It came through a baby that was born unto us, a, a son that was given to you and I. During this time of Christmas. A power that's greater than your relational battle that you're facing right now. Greater than the toughest situation that you're going through. Greater than that temptation that keeps getting the best of you or, or the hurts of your past. God's power can be released in your life. Listen, even to the point when you feel the weakest. Just like the baby. God's power is available to you and I this Christmas. Now, as we take a, a good look and we stop from our busyness and stop from our complaining of this and that, maybe some of us walked in this morning complaining that you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. The wrong color sweater. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Come on. What a blow dryer. I don't even have hair kind of gift is that? Did you get this? You must have won at a raft when you gave it to me. Or maybe it was a Christmas present that you got last year that you gave to somebody. Come on. You see it on Sister So-and-so. I was like, man, I gave that same thing to Sister So-and-so. Oh, she gave it to me. <laughs> She's the one that gave me this nice blouse or whatever it is. Church. This power is available, but we got to take a good look. Amen. What are you going through right now? What, what has you right now? What has you tied down? What, what's making you trip over, over and over again? What, what is it today? Amen. Come on, that you feel so weak that you can't overcome those certain situations. But I'm here to let you know that there is power lying in a baby in a manger on this day for you and I, church. We look at the child of the, that was born unto us. We look at the son that was given to us as we look upon Jesus. It's not just a baby, but it's a king. It's God Almighty in the flesh right there. When you look into that, 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 that manger, when you look into that scene, amen, when you read the story, you're looking upon Jesus. You're looking at power. It's power, church. Somebody say power. So the question is, how do we connect to God's power? I believe that most of us have cell phones, right? If you don't have one, you got to catch up to the, there's something wrong with you, amen. Even kids have cell phones, amen. But with those cell phones, you got to do what? In order for them to work. you got to charge them up, right? There has to be some kind of power connected to it. So you got to understand, church. We need to charge these things up, amen. you got to charge them every day. For some of you guys out there, you probably charge them like five times a day. I have a guy, amen, at work, amen, that he works on 1% power. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? 1% puts it in for like five minutes and unplugs it. Okay, I'm at 2% now. That's how he operates them. In order for the phone to work good, you, they have to be charged up. They have to be Powered up, amen. When it comes to God and God's power in our lives, let me tell you, you can't just come to church once a week, amen, and think that you can stay charged up, amen, for the whole week, amen. You can't just pray once in a while, amen, or read once in a while. You need to power up. Tell your neighbor, power up. Come on, come on. That happens when we plug into Jesus. Come on, you can't be coming in with your 1% on a Sunday morning and go, okay, I'm going to get charged up right now. And you, and you unplug it, and maybe you get 25%. For some of us, we walk out with the same power that we walked in. Because you received nothing. You did nothing. You didn't even plug in. You just came. Come on, somebody. Instead of listening to the message, you're on your phone, on Facebook, taking your pictures. <laughs> Merry Christmas, PCLV. <laughs> And God has some things that he wants to give you and I. But we miss out for the whole thing, and so we're not powered up. Come on. You ever came on a Sunday, 
and Monday was the worst? Anybody? Why? You didn't power up. You didn't get nothing from Sunday, and you did, certainly didn't pray that morning, so guess what? You didn't have the power to do what you need to do and face the enemies that you need to face, amen, and break through the lines that you need to break through, church. Each morning is a battle. Come on, somebody. Come on, Monday, tomorrow morning, you guys are going back to work, amen, after a little three-day weekend, and you're going to get slapped around if you don't have power to up. Hallelujah. It's the truth. Come on, somebody. Some of us will get some bad news tomorrow. Are you able to take it? Some of us are going to get into a fight over some spouses, amen, and Christmas time, the kids, and you're going to have to power up somewhere, church. Come on, don't look at your spouse right now. Oh, yeah, we're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> They always do. They always do. <laughs> if you're wise, you just say yes, babe. <laughs> I don't know why guys seem to be that we need to be the number one and always right. <laughs> it makes it so much easier when we say, you got it, baby. You are, you are a lot smarter than me, girl. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> makes it all nicer at the end, amen. Listen. We need to stay connected with him every day. Come on, just talk to him throughout the day. Come on. Just stay connected. You know, we, we, don't, we think that, you know, when we get connected, we got to connect in a certain way. We got to talk a certain way. Talking to God is just like me talking to you right now. You talk to your Savior. You just have a conversation with him. You need to stay connected, amen. You need to be connected to the power. Like I said, it doesn't have to be long conversations, amen. It can just be, you know what, God, get me through this. Come on, you ever need that one? Come on, uh, or God, I need some wisdom right here in this situation. Or God, you know what, I'm not sure what to do here. Or simply just say, Jesus, thank you for waking me up today, Lord. Did you say that this morning? Come on, did you even wish him happy birthday? Come on, you're going to his birthday party and you didn't even say happy birthday to him? You just want to eat the food, that's right. And you didn't even bring a present. Come on, God, thank you for all that you do and all that you've done. Or Lord, I love you. God, I love you. Don't you love the Lord? Do you tell him? Well, he knows. It's like spouses, you know. You never tell me you love me. Well, you know, I, I do. <laughs> you need to hear it. Feels good. I like it when my baby says, I love you. I said, well, yeah. Yeah. Brings a little smile. I even get a little happy, a little dance. <laughs> say it, baby. Say it. Say it. Uh, uh, whoa, see? My, my, my knees just went like this. <laughs> <laughs> Root it. <laughs> it feels good. Don't wives, come on. Somebody say amen if you're a wife. Don't you like your husband say I love you, baby? And don't 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 just say it just out of just regular words. You say it because man, I just love you. you. And with that love, you bring gifts, right? I was just shopping. I said, you know what? I'm gonna take my wife some flowers today. She's like, why? It's not my birthday. You know, I, said, I love you, girl. You're doing good. Thank you. Thank you. I told her, thank you for all that you do. Didn't I say that? I, I appreciate her. And I love her. And so I, I see things that remind me of her. So if she likes flowers, I'll take her flowers. If she likes chocolate, I'll take her chocolate. If she likes sushi, I take her to sushi. <laughs> Why? Because I love her. You do things if you love someone and you say things to someone that you love. And you should say that to God. God, I love you. Say that with me. Come on. God, I love you. I love you. Yeah. She even closed her eyes. She went like this. I love you, God. <laughs> get, get, get cute with him. Come on. Love the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with everything. You've got to display that kind of love to him. If you're just coming and you say, I love you, Lord, because everybody else is saying, he already knows it. It's not there. But when you say, I love you, and you're singing in the shower, you're, you're driving your car, you're saying these things to the Lord, you will say anything. It doesn't matter how silly it is. You could be in your car, I love you, Lord. The guy's looking next door, what's wrong with this dude? 
I'm just loving the Lord. I don't care what people say or do, man. I'm, it's my God. Hallelujah. Love the Lord. Can somebody say amen? See, when you stay connected throughout the day, it helps you stay charged up. And you'll experience when you do that, church, the more power, the greater power of God. Some Christians are, are keeping it at a 1%, amen. Like I said, they only plug in for a little while, amen, just to get a little bit of something. But they don't stay connected. They don't stay fully charged. And let me tell you, church, when the devil comes knocking, amen, or trouble comes your way, that 1% power is not going to help you through a tough time. You're going to need to be prayed up, read up, amen, charged up, amen, when that devil comes throwing his lies at you. Because the power, church, if we run like that, it will run out and you will flesh out. Come on, somebody say, he's preaching to me. <laughs> Come on, right? Come on, don't tell me you don't flesh out because there's no power in you. If we're charged up, amen, it helps us, it controls us. We listen to the Holy Spirit a lot better, amen, when we are connected. Can somebody say amen? And when you are connected, he gives you power. And we, say I, we need some power to help us through the day. Colossians 1, 11 says this, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you will be patient. Come on, somebody. How many some need some help for patience? Hallelujah. Come on. Some people say, don't pray for patience. Amen. Because you'll get tested. Let me tell you something. You're going to get tested anyway. So you might as well pray for patience. Hallelujah. Come on. You got to understand. In other words, it will help you stay rooted. Somebody say rooted. Come on. You stay rooted. And when you're rooted, God's power helps you get through those troubled times, church. We think sometimes that our greatest experience of God's power is when we do something great and everyone sees it. But I believe that the greatest experience of God's power is displayed in our weakness, in the weakness that you see in a baby. When we keep pressing forward and we not give up, amen, it's in those moments, church, that God gives you the power and the strength. It's in those moments, church, when all hell is coming against you, amen, and because you're juiced up and you're powered up in God and you have that relationship with God, amen, that he shows you his power in you and through you to overcome those situations, overcome those storms. You ever felt good when you finally said no and really meant it and not give in to that flesh and not get into the thing? Come on now. Come on. Doesn't it feel good, amen, when you have... And then you start to experience more and more of those battles and those victories, amen. And said, man, that felt great, amen, not to give in this time, amen. And now it starts to help you in the other areas. That's the greatest experience of God's power is in our weakness, church. In 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's in the weakness of a baby that power is displayed in your life, church. The greatest experience of God's power is just to be patient. I know that it's not easy for most of us to be patient at times. Come on, somebody say Hello. But with God, it gives us the strength to be patient through any situation. And that's the power that Christ wants to give you and I this Christmas. He wants you to walk out with some power. Somebody say power. Put your hands like this. Go power. Hallelujah. More power. How many want to walk out with more power today? I don't know. I need power every day. I mean, I haven't arrived I, I don't got it all together. I ain't there yet. I am perfect. I fall short still. Amen. I, I make mistakes, but he gives me the power to overcome those things. And God wants you to walk out with some power this morning. Come on. What do you see, church? What do you see when you look into that manger? What do you see when you look upon the child? What do you see when you read the story of Jesus? You know what else I see in that manger? Not only do I see power, but I see glory. Come on, somebody. 
The glory of God came into the world at Christmas. That's what I see in that manger, amen. Exodus chapter 15, 11 says, Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. That's the glory of God, church, amen. It wouldn't have been cool. Come on, I don't know about you, but I, I would have been cool to see the splitting of the Red Sea or, or the pillar of fire that's at night, amen, to actually experience and see the glory of God. But we can today, church, the Bible tells us, in all creation, you see the glory of God. Come on, in a clear night, you can see all the stars in the skies. You can see the wonders in the skies above, amen. You know what? I've never experienced or seen the Grand Canyon, but people say it's an awesome wonder. That's the glory of God. Psalms 19.1 says this, The heaven declared the glory of God, and the skies proclaimed the work of His hands. What happened in the Old Testament, church, is wonderful. It's powerful. Seeing the stars at night is so awesome. Amen. But what happened during Christmas, uh, what happened in that day, church, is more powerful. God came into the world, church. Uh, it's more glorious in, in the manger than a thousand seas being split open. Amen. Than a billion stars seen in the sky. God came into the world during Christmas as a child. But just like that manger in the mall that I talked about in the beginning, so many of us get busy, so easy for us to miss the power and the glory of the child. So easy for us to get so focused on the gifts and what to buy and all the busyness of this season that we truly miss the true meaning of Christmas. Of a mighty God, full of power, full of glory, lying in the manger. Hebrews chapter 1, 3 says, God's Son shines out with God's glory, and all that God's Son is and does marks Him as God. Another translation says, the Son reflects the glory of God and shows exactly what God is like. The New Living Translation says it like this, the, radiant, the sun radiates the sun, God's own glory, and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Listen, Jesus' church is God. In what area in your life do you need God to be God in? Do you see the power in the manger, and do you see the glory in the child? Church, what do you see? What do you see when you look into the child? What do you see right now in your mind? Because right now you can picture things in your mind. And the Word of God comes to bring change and kind of change our perspective of who He is. And so right now He says, man, I want you to see me when I came as a child, but I came with power and I came with glory. What do you see, church? The last thing today. God is eternal. When you look and take a good look and stop, church, you will see the hope in that manger. See, a lot of people have different ideas when it comes to hope. Come on, I hope I win the lottery. Come on, I hope I win mega bucks. Come on, I hope I make more money in 2023. I hope the stock market goes up. I hope I, I get that job, amen. I hope he or she falls in love with me. I hope the Raiders make the playoffs next year. It's not this year, amen, hallelujah. It'd be a miracle, hallelujah. We have all kinds of hopes, church. But here's the real deal when it comes to hope. If you put your hope in something that it goes up and down just like a stock market, if you put your hope in something that is not solid, guess what happens to your hope? It goes up and down. It's not solid. It's not stable, church. It's not going to last very long. But when you put your hope in something that is eternal, church, uh, well, that's a different story because your hope is eternal, amen. Your hope is solid, amen. I mean, you can take this hope of Jesus Christ and take it to the bank and it will accomplish what it says it will do. That he came with power, he came with glory, and he came to give you and I hope this morning. Because why? He is an eternal God. He's an everlasting God. 
He is a God. He's the Prince of Peace. He is all that. Study his names because he gives all that to you and I. Can somebody say amen? Are you following me tonight, church, or this morning? Hope came into the world at Christmas. This hope is more than a wish. This hope is more than crossing your fingers. Our hope is not in the Pope Church. Our hope is in a sure thing of an eternal God. It's for real, for real. Jesus is for real, church. He is eternal, and he brings all hope to you and I. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, and yes, somebody say yes, to all of God's promises is in Christ. Jesus came into the world at Christmas, and he came saying yes to all of God's promises. Do you know that there are over 7,000 promises in the word of God? How many have you claimed for yourself? Come on, claim them all. They're there for you and I, church. God promised to rescue us. God promises to bring salvation to you and I. Romans chapter 5, 3 to 4 says this, And we also enjoy with our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. Come on, but it starts with being patient. Tell yourself, be patient. How many know that that's part of our problem right there? We're not going to grow. Nothing's going to happen. It has to start with patience. You have to be patient with God. You're going to have to be patient in your situation. You're going to have to be patient in the surrounding of your circumstances. Uh, come on, you can't ask God to move. Uh, he's not a genie that you can rub a bottle and get a wish. Come on, somebody. He's, he's a God that wants you to be patient. Uh, and when you are patient, church, uh, it starts to build character. And when you start to have character, church, it instills hope in you. I can walk with hope because God has taught me to be patient in him. And his word is always true because he's, a, he's an eternal God. Amen. And so I can wait on God. I don't have to be hurrying up God. I say, God, you're going to do what you're going to do because God is never too early. He's never too late. But he's always what? Right on time. God shows up and he shows out, church. you got to be patient. Come on, we want our man to change. We want our wife to change. We want our kids to change. And God says, I want you to be patient. How can I change that you're not even changing? Come on, you're impatient. You're all this, amen. You're all, ah. You know how you look, ah. God, I got to learn to be patient. Got to be patient, church. You got to make your claims to the Lord. You got to breathe like that persistent widow, amen, that kept on coming to the judge. I want, I want, I want. He'll give it to you, church. You want to talk about patience? Talk to my wife. Ten years waiting for this knucklehead. Come on. I'm no prize, but she was patient. That this knucklehead would turn around and change his life. That's patience. She trusted in a God, even though she's seen the circumstances right in front of her, and I was getting worse and worse. But she was patient in a God that the only thing that can change me was God. And when I had that encounter with the child in the manger, when I had the encounter of the, of the power that laid in that manger, when I seen the glory of God and all that he came to do, and Jesus who came to take away my sins and change my life, amen, then I started to make a difference, and then it started to change my character. And as my character was changed, then hope came into my situation, hope that now I hold from our, our church. Hope that I hold on for your situations at times. I stand in for you and say, well, you know what? They're not standing, but I know my God's going to move for them. God, help them right now. That You know, come on right now. Help, help us in our, what he says, in, in my unbelief. Help in those areas that I struggle, God. We stand in with hope, church. See, never let temporary circumstances steal eternal hope from you. Because Jesus came this season, church, to offer hope. And this hope's eternal, guys. He's a mighty God. He's a good God. He's an eternal God. Amen. He is our Father. What do you see when you look into the 
manger, church. What do you see when you look upon the child this morning? What do you see? We walk in without any questions, amen. It's just a picture on the screen. It's just, it's just a scene, amen. It's just a prompt in the church, amen. Then we're not leaving, and you're not seeing what God wants you to see this morning. You know what, what else I see in that manger? What do you see? What do you see? Take a look. What do you see? What do you see in that? What do you see in the story? You know what else I see there? You know what brought him here? What started it all off? Love. I see love in that child. I see the Father's love for me and you. That's the love right there. What For God, so what? Love the world. I see love, amen. Love is used, this word is used lightly now. We use love like, oh, I love ice cream. I love my car. I love that dress. I used to love the Raiders. <laughs> I'm on, God's going to have to work for me, amen. <laughs> I'm going to be patient, amen. God's helping me there, amen. I'm, be, I'm not bailing on them, but, you know, they get me mad. Come on, I love In-N-Out Burgers. Come on, somebody. Hey, animal style. Hallelujah. Woo. Extra pickles. <laughs> Come on. The love in the manger is a sacrificial love, though. It's the agape love of God. You know, the definition of agape is this. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment. It's an act of will. It is distinguished from other types of love than more lawfully moral nature or strong character. Agape love is beautifully described in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me read that to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 4 to 7, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. It is not boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always hope. It always endures through every circumstance. That's the love of God for you and I, church. This type of love that characterizes God is not scrappy or sentimental feeling such a, as that we often hear it portrayed. God's love is because of his nature and his expression of his being. He loves the unlovable and the unlovable. Come on, uh, in, in the unlovely. Come on, because he, we not, it's not because we deserve his love. It's because that's his nature to do. He loves you because he loves that's his nature. Come on, we were unlovable church. We were, we were not lovely people church, but yet he loved us. He loved you, amen. His love goes beyond just looks or, 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 or just having mutual effect, amen. He loves you despite if you don't love him. His nature is to love, amen. And he's true to his nature. The love of the fathers in that manger church. When you look upon the, the, the manger, you look upon the child, you've got to see love. Don't miss that this Christmas. And if you don't know, by now, I'm here to let you know that God loves you. Come on, somebody say, God loves me. He loves you. Despite of you. Despite of the way you act at times, he still loves you. Don't leave this place without looking into the manger and looking upon the child that you see love, that you see God's love for you. John 3.16, as we know, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not be lost but have eternal life. That's how much God loves you. That's how much he, he loves me, church, how much he loves this world. Romans chapter 8, 39 says, Nothing of all of God's creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm here to let you know that human love will let you down. But God's love will never let you down. He'll love you despite of what you do, church. That's how much he loves you. Listen, to enjoy his love from the Father, come on, you have to accept him into your life. 
You know, I can tell you over and over that you look into the manger, look into the baby, and you see love, but until you invite him into your life, into your heart, you'll never experience the love that I'm talking about right now. It just becomes a story. It just becomes something that you see during Christmas. But when you really accept him and you accept the child, then you experience the love of the Father. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Because when I look into this child, I see power, church. I see glory. I see eternal Father. I see hope. I see love. You've got to look at that. You've got to understand that, that Christmas time, he came to give you all this. That we can walk out, at least walk out today, church, that God loves you. That he's madly in love with you. He loves you. Man, you may walk out and say, nobody loves you. No, Jesus loves you. He loves you, church. Walk out with that today. Let me close with this story. Because I haven't unwrapped one gift this morning. I need to go unwrap it. I want to unwrap my tamal this morning. So uh, okay. it's the last gift I have to unwrap today. But let me close with this story, Amen. Back when we were living in L.A., before we moved out here and brought my kids and my family out here, there used to be a place called in Long Beach called Shoreline Village. I don't know if you guys know that or you know Long Beach at all, amen. But we would go there every now and then, take the kids, amen. They have restaurants there, amen. They have stores. They got boats and all kinds of stuff. And, but during the 4th of July, uh, you, can, you can actually sit around the rocks where the boats are launched out, amen. And, and they have a big old firework parade and a boat parade. Well, during Christmas, they decorate the boats as well. So they got Christmas direct decoration, lights, and trees, and all kinds of stuff. And I remember during one Christmas season, I saw this big old party boat. I mean, they were all drinking and partying and playing all kinds of different music and doing who know what, shouting. And then they had this little lifeboat connected to this big old boat. So they had this little boat, a little little raft, and they had a they had a fake Santa Claus on there. And so it was just tailgating. It was just back there, and it was just bouncing around and, and all this. And so this little boat with a big old boat. What a perfect parable for life. I started to look at that, that scene in this big old party boat and, and this big old scene. Everything's going around with, with Santa, not on the boat, but closely behind in a rope and just following this big ship. People on the party boat, amen. That's what life is. We're, we're on our party boats, amen, doing whatever we want. And we have Jesus in this little raft close by. So when we need a Savior, we need some help, we kind of pull him in. Come on, somebody. And when everything gets well and everything's kind of fixed in your life, we kind of throw Jesus back on the raft. And we continue our life on our boats. Church, we need to bring them back into the, our lives. Not just use them as a lifeguard or a life raft or a savior. But pull them into your life and let them be Lord and Savior of your life. See, we want to enjoy God's love to the fullest, amen. Then we need to get Jesus off the raft and bring him into our boats and accept him as Lord and as Savior. Then, and only then, will you experience the kind of love that you've never experienced before. Church, what do you see? The question was, that's how I started this sermon, what do you see? I hope you're seeing something different. I hope I, I painted a picture different of a God that really loves you, that came full of power on this Christmas day. A son that was given to us, a child that was born unto us. Come on, that today in the town of David, a Savior was born to you and I. I, I hope you look into the, 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 the manger this morning, look upon the child this morning, and you see what he came to give you. He gave you hope. He's an eternal God, a mighty power, and love. My prayer is that you leave with something today, church, and accept him, because that's the only time that you'll really experience everything I'm talking about.
Otherwise, you're going to leave with just a, a baby, something on the screen of a monitor, and it's Christmas Day. And we go home doing the same thing. Come on, the shepherds saw something different that day. The wise men saw something different that day. But in that manger, there is power, glory. He's an eternal God of hope and love, church. Amen. Let's all stand up. Thank you.